0: There's gonna be a number of beneficiaries in the SPAC universe, companies that might not have passed the test for a regular way IPO, but in whom the public markets and public investors still want to invest anyway.
1: The SPAC route, it really let us go public faster. We were able to specifically uh, partner with top tier institutional investors and right out of the gates with going public.
2: Today, it's the return of the SPAC. This is the second of our two-part series all about special purpose acquisition companies we've had a crash course in what SPACs are, and why they've become such an important and popular alternative to traditional IPOs. In this episode, we'll hear directly from a visionary gaming company about their experience going public via a SPAC. Welcome to Connecting the Dots, an original podcast from Jeffries. I'm Shannon Murphy. And in this series, we talk to Jeffrey's top investment experts and business leaders about some of the biggest trends in the world's capital markets. They'll help us connect the dots to better understand the deals and transactions that are shaping the global economy. And SPACs are doing just that. I got a chance to speak with Storm Duncan. He's Jeffrey's Global Head of Technology M&A, as well as the Global Head of Mobility Technology. We started off by talking about how the global pandemic and the market conditions of this year have accelerated the SPAC trajectory.
0: So SPAC basically became the alternative to an IPO in a volatile market. It's evolved beyond that since having launched. The IPO market has reopened, but we're still seeing a fair amount of SPACs because what happened is, is the SPACs first became a source of capital it wasn't readily available during a volatile market, but the evolution of the SPAC to become a much more mature product allowed it to be a actual competitor to the IPO market for some companies.
2: So you might be wondering, if they've already gone through so much change, are SPACs here to stay?
0: I do think SPACs are here to stay for the long term. SPACs have been around for a long, long time, and they will be around for a long, long time. But the real question about the future is, in what form will SPACs exist in the future? How will they evolve? I think brand and platform and experience are gonna become increasingly important for SPACs. So a sponsor that's done a deal before and knows how to get deals done and to give confidence and the certainty and the pricing to a board and a management team, and then therefore to the public markets, is gonna be very valued throughout that ecosystem.
2: Storm says SPACs will keep evolving in ways that differentiate them from traditional IPOs, and that sponsors, investors, and target companies will all have better options as SPACs get even more sophisticated.
0: So it might be a company that could get public a little earlier. um, And your expertise and your affirmation of that company through your experience in that sector gives some confidence to the public markets in that company. Also knowing how to best market the company and how to set it up, not just for the completion of the deal and the certainty of the deal, but for the future success of that company.
2: So the question is, why would a company choose to go public using a SPAC? What's in it for them?
0: So SPACs, in essence, open up a third avenue for p- companies to go public. And some of those companies might be supported by public investors, even though those companies might not have had regular way IPO access. And they might have a different profile than a company that goes public public through a traditional IPO or a traditional direct listing. Traditional IPOs, in essence, say to investors in the public markets, here is what a very small group of decision makers, in which you aren't involved, are granting investors access to. SPACs, on the other hand, say to people, here is the risk and opportunity profile for this investment.
2: So Storm says that SPACs have a democratizing effect, offering investment opportunities to people and companies that might not have had them otherwise. And often it's not just capital that companies can gain through the SPAC process, but getting true partners who can help take their firms to the next level.
0: Our experience on these SPACs is that it's a mix of decisions that go on in the boardroom and the management room. Some companies have a very evolved board structure, very experienced management team that might've already taken companies public and uh, has expertise in that whole procedure. They've been very successful at growing high uh, value companies in the past and they might say we would like access to your capital. We would like your representation that you've come in here and looked at this and that your representation is is that this is a good company that is worthy of being public and, uh, and we'd like your help in executing that, but we don't need much more. Other boards and management teams say we have a very valuable company, it's high growth, has great unit economics, whatever the profile of that company is, but what we, we really need is we need your help in understanding how to be an efficient public company how to diversify our board, how to go through this procedure. So they might need more help.
2: All right. So we've heard from Storm Duncan about how SPACs became such a popular option for companies considering how to raise capital or become a publicly traded entity. Let's connect the dots now and find out firsthand what it's like to be a company who's considering accessing the public market through a SPAC.
1: I'm Andrew Paradise. I'm the CEO and founder of
2: Skills. Skills is a mobile gaming platform. The mobile gaming industry saw huge growth this year and is expected to grow to reach billions of people. And Skills is a real world example of what we're talking about today. I asked Andrew about Skills recent growth and how they're planning for their future.
1: In the beginning, it was five engineers, 10 pre pre-launch customers. Today we have thousands of customers. But I I talked to these employees about what it meant to build this long-term company and what we would do and that we were really going to build long and independent. That would include going public at some point. Going public, I I told them the companies that I studied that I I most admired, they took 8 to 12 years to do that. So we really all uh, agreed to sign up to this decade uh, of our lives for the endeavor. And I'm sure uh, they they had their doubts that we could execute on our 15-year plan at the time. But here we are seven years in now, and we're on track to achieve our goal of getting to public.
2: With his company skills, Andrew's hoping to make history as the first mobile gaming company to go public. And he explains why he wanted to do that via a SPAC.
1: The SPAC route, it really let us go public faster to choose our partners with a uh, a minimal difference in dilution. We were able to specifically uh, partner with top tier institutional investors, including Wellington, Fidelity, Franklin Templeton, and Newberger Berman. They were all uh, companies that we really admired and wanted to have as long term holders. It was really a partnership that we had always wanted, and this is a way to ensure that partnership uh, right out of the gates with going public.
2: Andrew says these partnerships were a key part of the appeal of us back. He hopes it will let him build relationships and the business.
1: It just was, uh, it was a very logical way for us to move the business forward. And there's, there's just this long runway ahead of us. There's a lot left to build. And when we thought about going public, we really think about it as this milestone where we have greater access to capital to achieve the future of that, uh, that vision and, that, and to better enable the growth
2: of the business. Okay, so now we've heard how a SPAC might be a good fit for a company like Skills if it's looking to go public. I asked Storm Duncan who else might benefit from the rise of SPACs.
0: There's going to be a number of beneficiaries in the SPAC universe. In my assessment, the winners from this market are going to be one, companies that might not have passed the test for a regular way IPO or in which there were questions about a regular way IPO, but in whom the public markets and public investors still want to invest anyway. Secondly, SPAC sponsors who will have a core skill set to this market. And will have relevant personal expertise to associate with a company to give the public markets more confidence in that company. Third, a broader group of investors that otherwise would not have access to these investments, but that want to take the time to learn the risk reward profile of them and invest in them for that additional alpha or additional wealth creation. And then fourth, existing institutional investors who will have better access to information than before about prospective companies and better access to the management team and the management team's belief about the future of the company.
2: Could you connect the dots for boards and founders thinking about capital raising in this environment and why SPACs are providing this door to gaining efficient access to the public markets?
0: Yes, absolutely. So in a SPAC versus an IPO, there's a number of different features that a SPAC offers that an IPO typically has not been associated with. So you can negotiate, for example, for additional control. So if you're a company that's private that wants to go public, but you don't have concentrated uh, equity holdings, so you're going to be even more diverse by virtue of going public. And there's a risk that that diverse holding can create a Uh, a vulnerability for the company, then the ability to negotiate a better form of control that's in the long-term interests of the existing and new shareholders uh, can be a valuable proposition as well.
2: So my colleague Storm Duncan is going to be watching for the next evolution of SPACs and how they may continue to diverge even more from traditional IPOs. Andrew Paradise at Skills, he's watching for the next evolution of his business and how going public via a SPAC can help build that future. We'll be listening in to hear if SPACs continue to generate the same kind of buzz in the news and in the markets. But for now, we're turning our attention to some of the other trends shaping the world's capital markets and getting ready for our next episode. I'm Shannon Murphy. Thanks for listening to Connecting the Dots, an original podcast from Jeffries. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode.
3: Important information and additional disclaimers are available at jeffreys.com. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or a recommendation from any Jeffreys entity to the audience. It's not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or investment. This podcast is being provided strictly for informational purposes only. Any opinion or estimates constitute our best judgment as of the date of the podcast and are subject to change without notice. The information upon which this podcast is based was obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but has not been independently verified and should not be relied upon as an accurate representation of future events. No responsibility is accepted, and no representation, undertaking, or warranty is made or given, in either case expressly or impliedly, by Jeffreys as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of the information contained herein, or as to the reasonableness of any assumptions on which any of the same is based. Any views or opinions expressed herein are solely those of the individuals identified. Accordingly, neither Jefferies nor any of its officers, directors, employees, or representatives will be liable for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person resulting from the use of the information contained herein, or for any opinions expressed by any such person, or any errors, omissions, or misstatements made by any of them. Jefferies is not an advisor as to legal, tax, accounting, or regulatory matters in any jurisdiction and is not providing advice related to such matters. Listeners of this podcast should take their own independent advice with respect to matters discussed.